Welcome, everybody, at another episode of the Wrestling vs. the World podcast. If you're enjoying your day, awesome. If not, well, this episode better cheer you up. Anyways, I have done past episodes so far talking about the history of specific championship belt designs within WWE, primarily the WWE Championship, and I've got an Intercontinental Championship one coming up soon, it's when I can, but today it's time for the history of the big gold belt in WWE. Now, before I go through the history, might as well quick give the bit of a backstory to the debut of the belt right before then in order to lead into the WWE history. So, the earliest date that I've seen, and I found the screenshot myself, that the Big Gold Belt made its debut at the Battle of the Belts 2 show on February 14, 1986 for Championship Wrestling from Florida. Not to be confused by Florida Championship Wrestling when it became WWE's territory area. Representing This bow was used to represent the NWA Championship and then later on to represent the WCW Championship starting in January of 1991. Well, fast forward to July 1991, and at that point, Ric Flair is the WCW Champion, and he was fired by Jim Hurd. Now, back in the day, if you were NWA slash WCW Champion, the tradition was the champion has to put down a $25,000 deposit, kind of like what you would with a bit of a security deposit in a way with an apartment, and then once you lose the championship, you're given the money back. But Jim Hurd decided not to honor his tradition. He didn't want to give Flair the money back despite firing him. So, because of this, Ric Flair decided even though he was no longer recognized as the WCW Championship, he still kept possession of the belt because, hey, it's his belt until you give him his money back. So now that leads into WWE because after this, we started to hear rumblings that Flair was coming to WWE. Well, on the end of the August 11, 1991 edition of Wrestling Challenge, the show will close with Bobby the Brain Heenan talking with Grill Monsoon and Jim Neidhart, and he would present the big gold belt for the very first time on television, letting people know that Ric Flair was on his way to the WWE after his contract officially expires, I guess it must have been a 30-day no-compete clause or whatever, with WCW. And we would have to wait about a month because at on the September 9, 1991 edition of Primetime Wrestling, Ric Flair would finally make his WWF debut and be billed as the real world's champion. Still exploding around the big old belt. Now, there was a lawsuit going on between WCW and WWF during the time in regards to the belt. And from what I've seen, the last time that I could easily find, not including those pre-taped little vignettes that you would see where they're now saying, hey, there's going to be these matches at a house show or whatever, and you have some wrestlers cutting promos there. In terms of new segments, the last time we would see the big gold belt on TV uncensored would be on the November 16, 1991 edition of Superstars, where Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan appeared on the funeral parlor, funeral parlor which was the talk show segment involving Paul Bearer and The Undertaker, where Flair was sporting around his big old belt, and Hulk Hogan was sporting around his WWF championship. So this time would be the last time the championship would be shown on television uncensored, because two days later, on the November 18, 1991 edition of Primetime Wrestling, and that point going forward, any other times that the big old belt was being shown on television, it would be pixelated as a form of censorship. And if you want an example, look at that show that I just mentioned, because they replayed that exact segment involving the funeral parlor segment with Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan, and the belt was heavily censored through pixelation because of this lawsuit. So any other mentions or showings of the championship belt would be censored. And another notable one was Survivor Series 1991, because after Ric Flair no longer had physical possession of the belt, they still wanted to do this whole thing saying, hey, he's still the world champion. But instead, he was carrying around a replica of sorts of the tag team championships. If you want an example, look at Survivor Series 1991, because instead of 
pixelated censorship, they just put a black circle and you could still tell, yeah, this is a tag team championship that he's holding in order to represent it. So because of that, Iwiti would not see the WCW slash Big Gold Belt Championship on television again for about another 10 years. Now, June 28th, 2001, at this point, the Invasion storyline is going on, and on the June 28th, 2001 edition of SmackDown, the Big Gold Belt, this one representing the WCW World Heavyweight Championship, like once and for all, was brought back to television when Booker T used it to attack Stone Cold Steve Austin before running away through the crowd, being chased away by the WWF roster. So the first time in almost 10 years that Championship Belt was finally brought back to television because it was not brought back at King of the Ring, it was not brought back the Raw after, so took a little bit for it to come back. And also during this time, uh, Booker T was also WCW United States Champion, so he had double duty going on. Well, first time the Championship would change hands on WWF television now would be the July 26, 2001 edition of SmackDown when Kurt Angle won the Championship from Booker T despite... Stone Cold Steve Austin's interference, thus making Kurt Angle the WCW champion and bring the championship back over to the WWF side. But four days later on Raw, Booker T would regain that championship in a rematch against Kurt Angle, once again bring the WCW World Heavyweight Championship back to the Alliance. Now we get into the program that gets a little more infamous right here. SummerSlam 2001, The Rock and Booker T are feuding for the championship, and The Rock gains the championship in the main event of SummerSlam, bringing the WCW championship permanently Back to the WWF side. However, this championship reign would last two months as Chris Jericho would win the championship from The Rock two months later at No Mercy, which would become Chris Jericho's first, I believe his first ever official world championship in his career. And of course, he had to cheat by using the breakdown, which is people know now as Skull Crush Finale, to The Rock on a steel chair to become champion. Of course, the title reign only lasted no more than a month because on the November 5, 2001 edition of Raw, The Rock would regain the WCW championship from Chris Jericho who would end up throwing a fit. Now, it was also during this reign where the night after, during The Rock's reign as champion, where the night after Survivor Series, the Invasion storyline was concluded, and Vince McMahon came to the ring early in the show and announced that the WCW Championship from this point on would now just be simply referred to as the World Championship. It was also then announced that we were going to see this four-man tournament to determine the undisputed champion. The Rock would defend the WCW Championship against Chris Jericho in the first round, and Stone Cold would defend his WWF Championship against Kurt Angle, and the winner of those two matches as champions would face off with both titles on the line to see who's the undisputed champion. So within the first round, Stone Cold, of course, retained his title against Kurt Angle, but then Chris Jericho, with a low-blown rock bottom, would win the World Championship from The Rock, and then, right afterwards, would unify it with Stone Cold's WWF Championship, becoming Undisputed Champion. And of course, with this unification, it would permanently retire the big old belt being known as the WCW slash World Championship during this championship lineage. And of course, both belts would be used to represent the WWF Undisputed Championship going forward. Now, I've also mentioned this, these next two facts for back with the Undisputed Championship belt design, like we also saw with Chris Jericho. WrestleMania 18, Triple H would become the Undisputed Champion by defeating Chris Jericho, so he would gain both possession of both belts. And then on the April 1st, 2002 edition of Raw, not only did the Attitude Era of belts design finally retire, slash Big Eagle Belt, but the Big Gold Belt would be taken off television for the next five months as we went back to a single championship belt used to represent the WWF Undisputed Championship going forward. Now, like I said, this championship belt, would the big old belt, would be gone for the next five months because on the September 2nd, 2002 edition of Raw, the big old belt would be brought back as Raw GM Eric Bischoff would hand the championship to Triple H and announce him 
as the new world champion. Now, I've seen people say that the championship was handed to Triple H for no real reason. This happened because the week prior, Triple H became the rightful number one contender to the Undisputed Championship, which was held by Brock Lesnar when he defeated The Undertaker the previous week on Raw, but he couldn't get his title shot because right after Triple H became number one contender, it was announced that Brock Lesnar became SmackDown exclusive. Therefore, it left the WWE Raw brand without a world championship. So, because of Triple H becoming the number one contender, uh, Eric Bischoff pretty much just gave him the big gold belt because, hey, you're technically a champion now because you got nobody else to fight. So, he handed the big gold belt, big gold belt over, and we've got the first ever WWE World Heavyweight Champion, and this was the start of Triple H's Reign of Terror. And what I see, it looks like the belt kind of got re-leathered a little bit because the ends of the belt straps kind of look ground originally, and this one, it kind of looks like they flanned it a little bit with the ends where the, strap, where the snaps go. So Triple H would start his Reign of Terror, he would retain the championships at Unforgiven against Rob Van Dam and No Mercy against Kane with old Katie Vick angle, but then came Survivor Series. The very first Elimination Chamber match as Triple H defended the World Heavyweight Championship against Shawn Michaels, Rob Van Dam, Chris Jericho, Kane, and Booker T with his world title on the line. Of course, Triple H had the match. He injured his throat because of RVD's botched five-star frog splash off the chamber pod, but he still kept going. At the end, Shawn Michaels Triple H would be the last two remaining participants, and Shawn Michaels would win to get his only world championship run during this 2002-2010 in-ring return. So Shawn Michaels had his good comeback story. Unfortunately, the title reign did not last long as the following month, he would drop it back to Triple H in the three stages of hell match at, Arm at Armageddon. Now... Something notable that I got here, too, is the March 10, 2003 edition of Raw, the Big O' Bell pretty much got its redesign there. From what I've seen, they finally got the WWE logo at the top of the belt for branding purposes. The strap looks like it was completely redone to where it's more thin, like, past the side plates. And it looks like the plates themselves also got redesigned, because if you look at the belts, you see the designs with, like, those men that are wrestling each other. It looks like they flanned them a little bit to make them less sticking out on the plates, so... Looks like the belt itself got a brand new redesign in more ways than one going forward for the WWE marketing purposes. Now, Triple H's title reign would finally come to an end for this one reign here. At Unforgiven 2003, when Goldberg won the championship from Triple H in a title versus career match, and this would make Goldberg the very first man to hold the big gold belt when it was representing the WCW Championship, as well as now representing the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. So very first man to hold this belt under two different lineages. But of course, uh, we know Goldberg's title reign only lasted a few months. Armageddon 2003, Triple H would win the belt back in a triple threat match against champion Goldberg and fellow challenger Kane. Most notably, this is remembered for the night where all four members of Evolution walked out of the pay-per-view with a championship in hand, with Triple H being World Heavyweight Champion, Randy Orton Intercontinental Champion, and Batista and Ric Flair as World Tag Team Champions. Now, Triple H went back to his feud with Shawn Michaels, kept retaining the championship, but then at WrestleMania 20, Triple H would lose the championship by being the man to submit in the triple threat against challenger Chris Benoit and other fellow challenger Shawn Michaels. So Chris Benoit became World Heavyweight Champion, the title reign we can't really, at least within WWE's knowledge, we can't really celebrate. And also during this reign, Benoit would actually become a double champion because the night after Backlash, himself and Edge would become World Tag Team Champions by beating Batista and Ric Flair on Raw. So... Not the first, This would not be the only instance where we see somebody as a double champion while the World Heavyweight title was active, but it's the first instance of it happen, of, of it happening. 
Now, SummerSlam 2004, Randy Orton would end up winning the World Heavyweight Championship from Chris Benoit, becoming the youngest ever world champion in WWE history at the age of 24. And shortly after this, Randy Orton would actually get kicked out of Evolution, turning him babyface. So, and this is something we'll see a handful of times where somebody turns while they are the active World Heavyweight Champion. So, Randy made history in more ways than one. Unfortunately, he also made history because this world title reign did not last long because the following pay-per-view at Unforgiven, he would drop the championship back to Triple H. So, yay. Now, a little bit later on, shortly after Survivor Series, there was a triple threat match on Raw of Chris Benoit, Edge, and Triple H for the World Heavyweight Championship, a match that ended in a draw when Chris Benoit was being pinned at the same time where Edge actually submitted to the Crippler Crossface, and the match in a draw decision, and the following week on Raw, December 6, 2004, after the triple threat match ended in a draw, Vince McMahon announced that from that point forward, the World Heavyweight Championship was now declared vacant, and later on it was announced there was going to be the Elimination Chamber match at New Year's Revolution, a match where Triple H would win against fellow challengers Edge, Batista, Randy Orton, Chris Jericho, and Chris Benoit to once again win the vacant World Heavyweight Championship. Now, also at this point, Evolution was really breaking down. Batista would win the Royal Rumble match. Triple H would end his feud with Randy Orton. And Batista would set his sights on Triple H's World Heavyweight Championship and would win it in the main event of WrestleMania 21. Now, also during this reign, the title itself would become SmackDown exclusive once Batista got drafted over SmackDown as the final pick of the 2005 draft lottery while the WWE Championship was brought over to Raw. And also during this reign, Batista would also become a double champion when himself and Rey Mysterio won the WWE Tag Team Championships from Eminem right before Armageddon. So, Batista was the second man to become a double champion while the World Heavyweight Championship was active. Now, we also gotta remember this was... Uh, this title reign actually came to an abrupt end because on the January 13, 2006 episode of SmackDown, Batista would open the show and would announce that due to a legit injury he suffered at a house show at the hands of Mark Henry just earlier that week, he would be forced to relinquish the World Heavyweight Championship, with this being the longest run with the World Heavyweight Championship, beating Triple H's run from Armageddon 2002 to Unforgiven 2003 by a mere two days. So he just barely etched out to making the record. And then later on in the main event, there was a big battle royal to determine who would be the World Heavyweight Champion. And Kurt Angle, who jumped ship over from Raw, with Jim's storyline was explained that his contract on Raw expired and he jumped over to SmackDown in the meantime. And he won the battle royal to become World Heavyweight Champion. And this whole move would also turn him babyface because this transitioned him into a feud with Mark Henry, who was the last person he eliminated in the battle royal match. Now, Kurt Angle would also have an amazing match, retain the championship and no way out against The Undertaker, but then the title reign would end at WrestleMania 22 when Rey Mysterio would win the triple threat with also fellow challenger Randy Orton. So, the Rey, even though they were doing the whole thing with kind of explaining Eddie's death, Rey got a good, feel-good victory here on this night. Now, unfortunately, Rey was a poorly booked champion, we all know that, and the Rey American Bash a few months later, he would drop the championship to King Booker. Booker! Because Shovel Guerrero turned heel and slammed him in the head with a chair, so Rey Mysterio's World Heavyweight title reign ended with a whimper. Now, King Booker would then go into a feud going on with Batista and everything, would drop the championship at Survivor Series to the Animal, so he regained the championship that he had never technically lost earlier that year. So Batista would regain the World Heavyweight Championship, keep the championship for a few months, and then would lose it to The Undertaker at WrestleMania 23, The Undertaker getting this title shot from winning the 2007 Royal Rumble match, and this would mark... Not only Undertaker's first ever World Heavyweight title reign, but this would also be his first world title reign in general since he lost the WWE Championship back at Vengeance 2002 against The Rock and Kurt Angle. 
Now, unfortunately, The Undertaker would get injured during this title reign, and on the May 11, 2007 edition of SmackDown, The Undertaker would technically retain the World Heavyweight Championship, even though they had to edit the footage here, and through a draw decision and a steel cage match against Batista when both men's feet hit the floor. But again, you watch the footage, you could tell it's edited. After the match ended in a draw, Mark Henry would attack The Undertaker, which would prompt Edge to cash in his newly won Money in the Bank contract that he just won from Mr. Kennedy two spears later, and he became the brand new World Heavyweight Champion, also jumping ship over to SmackDown in the process. Now, unfortunately, Edge's title reign would also end due to injury because two months later, on the July 20th, 2007 edition of SmackDown, Edge would be forced to relinquish the World Heavyweight Championship due to a legit torn pectoral muscle injury he suffered the week prior. They say, I believe it had to have been during the whole Mardi Gras celebration that also involved Kane, that's what they're saying. And so they had to vacate the championship, and just like we saw a year and a half prior, we're going to see the new World Heavyweight Champion be declared in a battle royal. And who won this one? The Great Khali. Yeah, like the only defense I'll give to this decision is at least they put it on the guy who at least had a lot of momentum because the Great Khali just finished his feud with John Cena prior to this over on Raw before getting drafted over SmackDown, so there's that, but the Great Khali's title reign was bad, terrible matches, thankfully it did not last long because at Unforgiven 2007, Batista would gain the champion, regain the championship once again in triple threat against champion the Great Khali and fellow challenger and his best friend Rey Mysterio. So Batista would be champion again, retain the Punjabi prison match and no mercy, conclude the feud with The Undertaker, but then Armageddon hits. Triple threat match. I mean, holy cow, a lot of triple threat matches where the World Heavyweight title is changing hands. And Edge would become World Heavyweight Champion when he defeats champion Batista and fellow challenger The Undertaker. So Edge would become World Heavyweight Champion again after returning from injury and everything. And he, there was a whole scandal that was going on involving pharmacy and all that stuff. You guys know that by now. Edge would keep the championship for a few months, but then would drop it to The Undertaker at the main event of WrestleMania 24, which they tried to, I believe they tried to build it as streak versus streak, as well as champion versus streak, because Edge technically, well, you could kind of say he's technically undefeated at WrestleMania, even though he didn't win at 23, but he wasn't there to the conclusion of the match for the Money in the Bank ladder match, but main event happened, The Undertaker would defeat Edge for the second year in a row to... Now, well, second year in a row where he leaves WrestleMania as the World Heavyweight Champion. Unfortunately, they also did another angle in here where they were saying that Undertaker was starting to do the Hell's Gate submission hold. And on the May 2nd, 2008 edition of SmackDown, acting general manager of SmackDown, Vicky Guerrero, would strip the Undertaker of the World Heavyweight Championship due to the dangerous harm that his submission hold was causing. So she would strip the championship from the Undertaker. And from this point up until about a year and a half later, there would be a ban on the Hell's Gate submission hold due to the dangers that it threatened. So then we also then, they met the titles they had put on the line at Judgment Day. There was no champion because Undertaker won via countout. You can't have a title change because of that. So then this would set the stage for One Night Stand where it was a TLC match between Edge and the Undertaker for the vacant World Heavyweight Championship and the Undertaker, who lost the match, also had the pre-match stipulation added in that his loss meant he was banished from the WWE, so the Undertaker would be off television for a little bit. Edge would keep the championship, and during this time, also, we had the WWE draft, where Triple H, who was the WWE champion, was drafted over SmackDown, and because he retained the WWE championship against John Cena, that meant for a temporary period, there was no world champion on Raw. So Edge came out on Raw, he was boasting about the fact that Raw had no champion, but Batista would attack him, which would prompt CM Punk to cash in his Money in the Bank contract on Edge to become world heavyweight champion, and now... The World Heavyweight Championship would be exclusive over to Raw for the first time since the 2005 Draft Lottery. Now, 
Punk's title reign did not turn out so well. A few months later at Unforgiven, CM Punk would get attacked backstage by Legacy, took him out of his own championship scramble match for the World Heavyweight Championship. And for people who don't remember the championship scramble, it's quite simple. Two men start in the match. Every five minutes, a new participant ends, and the match ends five minutes after the last participant is in. Pinfalls or submission decisions count at any time, and the last person to get the decision by the time the time limit expires is the official champion. That's kind of the way it goes. So, unfor- so Unforgiven, the championship scramble match happens. CM Punk's not in there. Chris Jericho becomes a last-minute, literally a last-minute entrant, gets the win by the time time limit, ex- time limit expires, and becomes World Heavyweight Champion. Because of this, he fused with Batista, who was the second-to-last man to get a decision. Cyber Sunday happens. Batista would end up defeating Chris Jericho, become World Heavyweight Champion, with Stone Cold Steve Austin as the special guest referee, as voted by the fans. But this title reign did not last long either. Because November 3rd, 2008 Raw, Chris Jericho would regain the championship from Batista in the Steel Cage match. The very cage match that was infamous for Batista getting fined because of the whole blading incident. Yeah, probably the only other reason people remember that. This title reign also did not last long for Chris Jericho because then at Survivor Series it was announced John Cena returned from his neck injury that he suffered at SummerSlam and would immediately get a World Heavyweight Championship match. And he won that championship match to become World Heavyweight Champion from Chris Jericho. Great. Now, next few entrants here for notes, something that people don't realize. Now, in No Way Out 2009, earlier in the night, Edge lost the WWE Championship, being the first man eliminated in the first Elimination Chamber match, but then later on, he took Kofi Kingston's spot for the World Heavyweight Championship. And at the end, Edge would end up winning the Elimination Chamber match to become new World Heavyweight Champion against champion John Cena and fellow challengers Chris Jericho, Rey Mysterio, Kane, and Mike Knox. And because of this... During this period, the World Heavyweight Championship was back to being the SmackDown World Championship. But then this child, but then at WrestleMania 25, John Cena would win the Triple Threat match against champion Edge and fellow challenger Big Show in the Triple Threat, thus bringing the championship back over to Monday Night Raw. And then at Backlash, Edge would defeat John Cena in a last man standing match thanks to interference by Big Show, bringing the championship once again back over to SmackDown. So three times in the course of a couple months, the championship changed hands on what brand it is technically on. Now, Edge would then embark in a feud with Jeff Hardy, and things would culminate at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view, where Jeff Hardy would defeat Edge in a ladder match to become World Heavyweight Champion, but then right afterwards, CM Punk would cash in his Money in the Bank contract, and after two GTSs, would become World Heavyweight Champion, and during this run, CM Punk would turn heel after getting disqualified at the Bash, CM Punk would get his whole eye injury that he claimed that he had questioned by Jeff Hardy. He would sucker attack Jeff Hardy and would end up turning heel in the process. Now, this title reign did not last long either because the United Champions, just a little bit later, Jeff Hardy would regain the World Heavyweight Championship from CM Punk, even though in my notes I accidentally put Jeff Hardy again. And this would end up being Jeff Hardy's final world title reign in the WWE because then at SummerSlam the following month, CM Punk would regain it. From Jeff Hardy in a TLC match, and then of course post match, the Undertaker would return to the WWE for the first time since WrestleMania 25, and would go on a feud against Jeff Hardy, or sorry, against CM Punk. But Punk had to finish the feud with Jeff Hardy first on SmackDown. Now it was established backstage that CM Punk had a bit of an attitude issue, and the Undertaker questioned Punk's dress of attire in public despite being world champion, and because of Punk's little attitude towards the Undertaker and his response. Politics kicked in, and CM Punk's title reign would come to an end, as at Hell in a Cell, Undertaker would defeat CM Punk to become World Heavyweight Champion after what happened at Breaking Point in the Montreal Screwjob 
freaking crap again. At least during this time, the Hell's Gate submission hold was unbanned and everything. But this would also be The Undertaker's final world title run of his entire WWE career going forward. So The Undertaker would regain the championship again. He would have this stuff going on in Survivor Series and TLC and Royal Rumble. And then at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view on night best remember for The Undertaker getting burnt by it during his entrance, he would lose the World Heavyweight Championship in the Elimination Chamber match thanks to interference by Shawn Michaels, winner being Chris Jericho, and the other participants in the match still being also being R-Truth, CM Punk, Rey Mysterio, and John Morrison. So Jericho was once again World Heavyweight Champion. Tower Reign would end up being cut short than SmackDown after WrestleMania, because on the April 2, 2010 edition of SmackDown, Jack Swagger would successfully cash in his Money in the Bank contract on Chris Jericho to become the World Heavyweight Champion. Fortunately, that title reign kind of floundered because a couple months later at the Fatal 4-Way pay-per-view, Rey Mysterio would defeat champion Jack Swagger and fellow challengers Big Show and CM Punk in a Fatal 4-Way match to become World Heavyweight Champion. And most notably about this reign is that the World Heavyweight Championship was simply known as the World Championship because Rey Mysterio is not a heavyweight, so they renamed the championship for a brief period of time. Now, the following month at Money in the Bank, after Rey Mysterio successfully retained the World Heavyweight Championship against Jack Swagger, he would then lose the title to Kane due to his Money in the Bank cash-in, so Kane cashed in the same night he won the briefcase, and commentary also noted that, saying that, hey, it's Kane's first World Championship in over 10 years, so I guess that means when he was ECW Champion in 2008, it wasn't recognized as a World Championship. But also, technically Kane was a babyface during this run because he turned babyface earlier in the year, and he would turn heel at SummerSlam when it was revealed that he was the one who would put Undertaker in a vegetative state. Just call it a coma. That simple. So his World Heavyweight title reign would go into matches with the Undertaker and Edge. This would conclude at TLC, which was originally just going to be uh, either a TLC match or a ladder match, I can't remember which, between Edge and... Uh, Edge and Kane, but then became a Fatal 4-Way TLC match that included Rey Mysterio and Alberto Del Rio. Edge would win this match to become World Heavyweight Champion once again for his second-to-last world title run. Now, also during this few time, Edge was getting into a big feud with his now-on-screen ex-wife, Vicky. She announced that the spear is banned. Edge got caught doing the spear again, and Vicky decided to not only strip Edge of the World Heavyweight Championship, but fire him because of this. So then, on the February 18, 2011 Smack edition of SmackDown, which I believe was the SmackDown before No Way Out. No, wait, no, sorry, Elimination Chamber, because they changed it. Dolph Ziggler was given the World Heavy vacant World Heavyweight Championship by Vicky Guerrero. Then right afterwards, Teddy Long came back, regained his power for position, and now he rehired Edge, and immediately it forced Dolph Ziggler to defend the World Heavyweight Championship against Edge, who would then go on to once again win the championship from Dolph Ziggler, making Edge's final world title run in the WWE. And I believe, at least possibly by the time this episode gets released, it's probably Edge's last world title reign ever, because I doubt he's going to be world champion again. So Edge was world champion for the final time, Now, but then everything had to get cut short, because on the April 15, 2011 edition of SmackDown, Edge would have to relinquish the World Heavyweight Championship, because the past, that past Monday night on Raw, April 11, he announced that he had to retire due to injuries, more specifically, cervical spinal stenosis because he was having issues with his back and feeling in his arms and his neck. So he had to relinquish the World Heavyweight Championship and had to go away from the ring for almost nine years. So his match against Alberto Del Rio at Extreme Rules in the latter match had to change. Who was taking his spot? His best friend, Christian, who became one, uh, I believe he won a battle royal to become number one contender to take on Alberto Del Rio to show. And Christian would win the match 
to become the world heavyweight champion against Del Rio and become world champion. But this title reign would be infamously cut short because that same week, May 6, 2011 edition of SmackDown, Teddy Long decided to give Randy Orton a title shot against Christian for the world heavyweight title that same night in the main event. Randy Orton just recently finished his feud with CM Punk and got drafted a SmackDown, and Randy would win with the RK out of nowhere in midair. So Christian kept trying for a couple of pay-per-views to get his title back at over the limit and capital punishment. Then things came to a head at Money in the Bank, where Christian would defeat Randy Orton via disqualification after getting kicked in the nuts, and he technically became World Heavyweight Champion because the rules put in place that if Randy got disqualified, the title changed hands. So Christian became World Heavyweight Champion via disqualification. Now that same week, we also saw a change to the World Heavyweight Championship. Because on the July 22nd, 2011 edition of SmackDown, the World Heavyweight Championship would actually have the strap change because the interior of the belt had a more red slash maroonish type of color to the inside of there from that point forward. So the championship got its final update. But then this title reign did not last long because the next pay-per-view SummerSlam, Randy Orton would regain the World Heavyweight Championship from Christian in a no-holds-barred match. So World Heavyweight Champion once again. Now, also during this time, the brand split shortly thereafter would end during Randy Orton's World Heavyweight title run. Therefore, the World Heavyweight Championship was no longer counted as being brand exclusive because now it could be def defended against anybody on either show. And who was his first opponent after this? Mark Henry, who during this whole Hall of Pain thing was going on, would defeat Randy Orton at Night of Champions to become World Heavyweight Champion after 15 years on the main roster. Took that long to become world heavyweight champ world champion for the world's strongest man. Now, Mark Henry is having this pretty damn good feud with the Big Show going on and everything. Things had to get him cut short at TLC because Mark Henry was injured during time. He would lose the World Heavyweight Championship to Big Show in a chairs match, which they say was Big Show's nine-year drought from world championships being ended because his last world title reign was when he lost the WWE Championship to Kurt Angle at Armageddon. So again... ECW Championship did not count as a world title to them, even though he was the second man to hold the championship when it was brought back under the WWE banner. And during this, I believe they keep saying that Big Show's title reign was clocked in at 45 seconds during this, because Daniel Bryan afterwards cashed in his Money in the Bank briefcase on Big Show, who was laid out with the DDT on chairs by Mark Henry after the match, and Daniel Bryan became the World Heavyweight Champion. They say it was 45 seconds. It was longer than that. They exaggerated, all right? So Daniel Bryan became New World Heavyweight Champion, and during this run, Daniel Bryan would slowly turn heel and started being an obnoxious heel. The whole yes stuff started, so that changed his career. Then WrestleMania 28, Sheamus, who won the Royal Rumble match, squashed Daniel Bryan in the opening match of the WrestleMania to become World Heavyweight Champion. I've discussed his babyface run. I do not want to go through it again. Sheamus just plowed through everybody. Hell in a Cell... Later on that year, he would cleanly drop the championship to the Big Show. Like, and surprisingly, it wasn't inside Hell in a Cell, which is a bit of a surprise, because one Hell in a Cell match tonight probably could have done it properly, but once again, Big Show became World Heavyweight Champion, this time being a heel. So Big Show held the championship for a few months, and then a bit of an issue happened. On the January 11, 2013 edition of SmackDown, Alberto Del Rio would win a last-man-standing match against Big Show to become World Heavyweight Champion. Why was this a problem? Because there was, an in there was the instance known online at the time where the WWE website actually spoiled this. They leaked it early on their own website, outraging fans, because, hey, you guys spoiled it. We didn't want to know it right on WWE's website. I'm sure people kind of have fond memories remembering that. So Del Rio was champion. 
Then the Raw after WrestleMania, WrestleMania 29, Dolph Ziggler would cash in his Money in the Bank briefcase successfully on Alberto Del Rio to become two-time World Heavyweight Champion. But then Dolph Ziggler was played by injuries because at Extreme Rules, he was supposed to defend the World Heavyweight Championship in a triple threat ladder match against Jack Swagger and Alberto Del Rio. But he got concussed because of Jack Swagger. So they had to change the match. Ziggler was off TV for a bit. And then at Payback, Del Rio would regain the championship from Dolph Ziggler, a match that saw a double turn between both men because Del Rio was becoming a ruthless heel who was constantly targeting Dolph Ziggler's head, and Dolph Ziggler turned babyface as a result because he did that whole never-say-die-give-up attitude like a normal babyface would. So, a double turn as the title change happened. So Del Rio was champion again. He would lose it a few months later because John Cena, who we had not seen since the night after SummerSlam, was announced he was coming back from his triceps injury a little bit early and was getting a World Heavyweight title shot against Del Rio at Hell in a Cell, and he would defeat Alberto Del Rio to become World Heavyweight Champion. So once again, John Cena comes back from injury and he gets a title shot. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So John Cena would be World Heavyweight Champion, and then at TLC... Things truly culminated because there was a TLC match between WWE Champion Randy Orton and World Heavyweight Champion John Cena. Winner is the unified, well, technically WWE World Heavyweight Champion, but they unified the belts. Randy Orton would win this match against John Cena to unify the WWE and World Heavyweight Championships, therefore retiring the World Heavyweight Championship for good. And despite this... Like we saw with the Undisputed Championship back 12 years prior, both belts would be carried around to represent the newly named WWE World Heavyweight Championship. So, Randy had to carry two belts. Sure, it wasn't easy getting through your luggage. Tyler Rain would go on up until WrestleMania 30 when Daniel Bryan would defeat champion Randy Orton and fellow challenger Batista in the main event to become WWE World Heavyweight Champion in the main event of the show. However... Daniel Bryan's title reign was cut short, had to be cut short because during the title reign, he would suffer neck injury, had to be put on the shelf. After Extreme Rules, he had to miss payback in terms of having an actual match. There, and on the June 9, 2014 edition of Raw, the Authority officially announced that due to, due to Daniel Bryan's status and not being able to defend the championship money in the bank, he was therefore stripped of the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, thus making it vacant once again. Everything got settled in Money in the Bank, where John Cena would win the ladder match against Alberto Del Rio, Bray Wyatt, Cesaro, Kane, Randy Orton, Roman Reigns, and Sheamus to win the vacant WWE World Heavyweight Championship, which I believe made him like a 15-time champion. And then finally, things came to an end for the big gold belt because the next month at SummerSlam, Brock Lesnar would squash John Cena in the main event to become WWE World Heavyweight Champion thus making SummerSlam the last time we would ever see the big gold belt on screen for WWE because the next night, the WWE World Heavyweight Championship went to, to, over to being represented with one single belt with the updated WWE logo on there. So therefore, the big gold belt was finally, after all these years, no more. So, I mean, the big gold belt is definitely one of the most beautiful belt designs in wrestling history, without a shadow of a doubt. Now, when it comes to... I've asked this question before involving past belts. I'm going to ask you here, and I'll give my answer in just a moment. Out of everybody in WWE, right? Everybody that's held the big gold belts in WWE, who's the first person you personally think of when you see the big gold belt? For me, the number one person, at least on the WWE side, I immediately think of Triple H when I see the big gold belt, because mainly because it was the reign of terror, 
but he was the person that I thought of when it came to who I keep picturing with the big old belt. Second choice would have been Batista, because that lengthy World Heavyweight title reign that there were times where there were rumors where it was going to end early, but things, plans change and everything, but Batista would be the second choice of who I picture with the belt, but for me, at least within WWE side, I immediately think of Triple H when I think the big gold belt in WWE, because technically he was like the main guy holding the belt. I, if I was counting the big gold belt anywhere, I would have said Ric Flair, but he did not hold the belt as an officially recognized championship in WWE. Because again, when he brought that belt over in 91, he was no longer champion. He just held the physical belt because of the whole lawsuit going on with WCW. But that right there, folks, within the course of all these years, from all of 91 and then from 2001 through 2014, that covers the entire history of the big old belt. Every title change, vacancies, anytime double champions were there, and of course, any modifications that happened with the belt. I mean, it's kind of a shame. I, I think everybody's kind of in agreement. We wish the big old belt would come back because it's one of the most iconic belts in wrestling history, and it was beautifully designed. But anyway, that is going to conclude it for another history video, folks. Let me know what you all thought in the comment section below. Like I said, who's the first person, at least within WWE history, that you immediately think of when you see the big gold belt? Whether it be as the WCW slash World Championship or the World Heavyweight Championship under the WWE banner. Like I said, let me know what you all thought in the comment section below of today's episode. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a like. It's that simple. Subscribe with the bell turned on for future episodes and everything. Or follow if you're listening to this on any other service outside of YouTube. And I shall catch you all in the next episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out. And good day, everybody.